Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October. Yes, we're in the second month of the NFL season. It's October 2nd. This is week number five. We're entering of the 2018 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And with me once again is my good friend and very experienced fantasy player and a whole bunch of other things, <laughs> Chris Reno. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. A whole bunch of other things. Huh? Well, that, that's a, that could be positive or negative. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just couldn't think of something witty to say. <laughs> it's been a very busy day about a lot of things, and, and so it's actually a good thing for uh, for uh, Mr. Nazarek here because Mrs. Nazarek is on her way on a, on a flight right now home from visiting her sick father in Albuquerque. He's recovered. Uh, bless his soul. He's 99 years old. He, I believe he's going to make it to his 100th birthday next April. Uh, we're going to take the whole family, go out and see him, and I'm very, uh, very much anxious and excited to see my wife I haven't seen her in a week and let's get right to the news and notes of the NFL season uh, for the week lots to talk about anyway uh, well unless you're under a rock uh, we just heard yesterday uh, that uh, Jerry Fowler there on ESPN had a talk with Le'Veon Bell about his situation and when he's going to be showing up and he let uh, the uh, ESPN guy know that he was going to be showing up during this week seven bye. I guess he wants to get in an extra week there to get in football shape and such and play for the Steelers. Of course, the Steelers are still open to trading Bell, uh, although they've seen less production out of James Conner. But if you asked Mike Tomlin that, he said we're very pleased with what uh, James has done. He uh, runs the ball well and catches well and all. But the bottom line is he's just not Le'Veon Bell. So the question here is, if you've got Le'Veon Bell in your roster or you've got uh, James Conner in your roster, you got one or the other. What is the fantasy impact here? Well, it's just a lot of things could happen. What's the first thing that pops in your head, and what do you do, uh, Chris, in this situation? The first thing that pops into my head is if you've got James Conner, you hope that the Le'Veon Bell owner is, has been under a rock for, for the last 24 hours, and you try to trade him to him and get something for him while you can because quite simply with Le'Veon Bell having that bye week to get ready and coming back, James Conner's value is going down to next to nothing. He's Unless you're a Bell owner and you want him for insurance, he's almost droppable uh, as soon as they hit that bye week. So that that was a, a real bummer to me because I've been trying to trade him for a couple weeks in the leagues I have him and haven't been able to do it. So, yeah, I think Conner is going to go in the tank. They're going to probably try to use him a little bit more than they would use the backup in years past, but I don't think it's going to be enough for him to remain fantasy relevant, barring an, an injury to, to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I would. Agree. I tend to agree with you on this, and you know, but he does get two more games, week five and six, and then of course the bye in week seven. So there is some value there to the Bell owner if the Bell owner doesn't have a you know another good quality number two or number three running back because obviously he's, he's spent a high pick on Bell. I would think that that might be worth 
a pseudo flex player or whatnot, but it's not certainly not going to be worth somebody uh, you know that's that's going to be starting for you every week, uh, a solid number three wide receiver uh, like that. And, and so I guess what you said, it's going to be just get what you can. Now, if you're uh, obviously if you have both, then you're just going to be waiting and actually probably hoping that the trade bell because then you're going to have two starters. Uh, for these two players, uh, but if they don't trade Bell, uh, you know, then you just toggle out uh, Connor and, and start Bell. But uh, what happens if you just own Bell? Do you do you actually make a play for Connor here? I guess it, I guess it really does depend how the rest of your team's do, uh, doing. Um, you know, uh, what, what do you think, Chris? Do you even actually think about trading Bell? Uh, you know, in order to get an impact player now, let's say you're maybe two and. Two and three, or, or well, it's only four weeks. I'm sorry. If you're one and three, or zero oh and four, and you've got Bell on your sidelines, do you actually think about trading Bell for a, a, an impact player? I think it's worth thinking about, but again, you got to get what he's going to be worth for the second half of the season. Remember, you are going to have him back for the stretch run in the playoffs. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. You don't want to give him away. And same thing when you're making an offer for him. You might want to even overpay for him a little bit if you really need running back help because you're going to have a relatively fresh Le'Veon Bell, who's the leading point-per-game guy in most scoring systems. You're going to basically get a fresh Alvin Kamara, in the, if you think about it, for the, last, for the playoff draft. Yeah. So that's, that, that's pretty valuable. So you might, want to, you might want to think about overpaying if you really need running back help. Yeah, this whole thing was brought about the magic 400 number that he knew he had 400 touches last season. He said, I can't, I can't do that again uh, if the Steelers are not going to pay me. So he figured that uh, you know, he didn't want to uh, lose too much money. This way he comes in enough to get almost $10 million of, of this contract. And he comes in in a bye week where he can actually work in and practice and he's not you know, thrown into a game within three or four days. He, if he shows up uh, you know, right after uh, that, that Monday after the, uh, the game in week uh, six, then he can have all of week seven and all of week, you know, leading up to week eight to get ready and to play. And he's going to be, uh, golly, that's a little bit more than, than, than half a season. So you're probably looking at like 250 touches instead of 400. That's a, that's a big difference on the body. And, of course, we all saw what happened with Earl Thomas this past week. And, you know, uh, actually I think that uh, Earl Thomas might have actually lucked out on this because the type of uh, the break that he had was pretty much a clean break, and they think that he's going to be able to heal and be 100% come the offseason, and he doesn't have to play the rest of this year and risk some kind of something really bad, like a really bad, like a, a torn ACL or whatever, and he should be able to get the money that he wants next year. But unfortunately it's not going to be with Seattle and the Legion of Boom is gone. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's nobody there. That anyway, let's move on over to the rest of uh, the interesting news for the week. Uh, we're going to concentrate on a couple of guys that you might want to uh, pick up in your in your league and talk about their fantasy prospects. Um, in Houston, uh, the rookie uh, wide receiver Kiki Kuti made his debut, and everyone thought, well, you know, he's going to catch a few passes or whatever. And then Will Fuller ended up leaving the game with a with his hamstring injury, and all of a sudden it was Kiki to the left or. Uh, around the end to the left, around to the right, uh, Kiki over the middle, Kiki, Kiki uh, down and out, uh, Kiki uh, deep. Uh, it was everywhere, Kiki. Uh, 15 targets and, uh, what do you have, 11 or 10, 10 or 11 catches there, um, all over the place. So the question here is that if Fuller sits out a game or two or even if he comes back, Bruce Ellington's gone to the IR. So Kiki's going to be at least the number three, if not the number two. Uh, of course, there is the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins there. But you're talking Deshaun Watson, and he's gone up, up, up every, every game this, this season. I know because I've got him on one of my teams. He went from like 18 to 25 to 30 to 35 points. Uh, you know, very impressive uh, launch angle there. So, uh, Chris, 
do you go all out for Kiki Kuti if you're uh, hurting at the wide receiver? Is he the top guy on your list this week? I think he's probably definitely the top guy, unless one of the guys that's been we've been talking about for a couple of weeks is still out there, like a D.D. Westbrook. So I'm like, hey, you can go get D.D. and Kiki if you want. But, yep. uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he's definitely got some staying potential for two reasons. One, Will Fuller has perpetually been hurt. Uh, it's always been these hamstrings. He's got a hamstring again, so I think he's definitely going to be out this week uh, against Dallas and maybe a little bit longer. He's never been able to stay healthy, and if and if he's not in the lineup – Kuti has really high-end potential. I mean, Will Fuller scored a touchdown every game he's played with Deshaun Watson. And even if Fuller stays healthy and is out there, there is enough explosiveness in that passing offense to support three receivers, all being well, especially coming out of the slot. Uh, so I, I think in, in PPR formats especially, Kuti has, has good staying power and is worth a, a reasonable bid on your pickups this week, uh, regardless of your of your. Uh, wide receiver situation. He's going to be really good with a late bye week in week 10 to fill in through those big weeks, six, seven, eight, nine, I think. Well, this is very interesting. I'm going to let you in on something here. Uh, the uh, I play in several expert leagues, and one of them is the FF Webmasters, and the waivers ran always run on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, which is the start of our show. So I put in uh, – I needed a wide receiver help. Uh, I've got uh, Crowder as my number three. Had Robbie Anderson. He's worthless. This is basically a non-PPR uh, type uh, league. So um, just to give everybody a heads up here, uh, I w- I'm shocked to say – that uh, Kiki Kuti was not the first one picked up. Tyler Croft, the Cincinnati Bengal, and we're going to talk about Tyler Offert's injury here very shortly. He was picked up first, and then somebody picked up Chase Edmonds. I'm not quite sure how why that happened, but anyway, Kiki, Kiki went third, and Cortland Sutton went fourth. Mike Davis went fifth. Not sure if that was to the to the uh, Seattle owner. Anyway, I dra- I, I picked up um, seventh here, and I ended up picking up Chester Rogers. I guess I have my choice of Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal, who we're going to be talking about in another second here. But I thought that uh, Chester Rogers' ball was going to be part of the game plan there. Pascal thinks it's going to be a fill-in for for T.Y. Hilton. But uh, interesting, other players picked up this week, Antonio Gates, Aldrick Robinson, uh, who I see is a a fluke, and C.J. Uzuma, the other tight end for uh, Cincinnati, all picked up. uh, It just runs runs once through the uh, waiver order on Tuesday night, and then we go another once on Wednesday, and then it's first come, first serve for the end of the week. So that kind of gives everyone a kind of a a flavor on a non-PPR. By the way, this is 14 teams. So all these guys picked up were, were out there, believe it or not, and usually there's only two or three or four players that are worthy but the, because of injuries and such uh, developments. And uh, Kiki and uh, Pascal, there were a lot of players to pick up, and that's interesting. I'm, 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 I'm quite happy getting Chester Rogers where I did in the middle. I'm, by the way, I'm a two and two in this league so far. Anyway, let's get right to the Colts situation with T.Y. Hilton and his hamstring. He went in and out of the game and left again later in the game, and now they say he's going to unlikely to play, right? He said unlikely likely play this Thursday. Is that still uh, the word, uh, Chris? Yeah, in fact, some of the verbiage that Frank Reich used in his post-practice, uh, post-walkthrough uh, press today, press conference today, really seemed to imply that it's doubtful at best. So I, I think they're planning on playing without him as well as without the bulk of their offensive talent, uh, both tackles, Marlon Mack, Jack Doyle, and Hilton. So the, the, the thing is, they're going to use a high high-volume, short passing game. So there's going to be a lot of PPR potential out there. Who's the guy you want to get? Um, I think Pascal is going to fill into Hilton's slot in the route tree, you know, as far as lining up on the field. But the question is who's going to be the main target. 
And as much as I like his athleticism, I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he also has the lowest floor in PPR, Zach Pascal does, as compared to a guy like Chester Rogers and Ryan Grant, who, uh, who had a lot more experience and are likely going to get a lot more attention from, from Andrew Luck right off the bat. Okay. So, uh, obviously, if you have Chester Rogers or Ryan Grant and you have to choose between them and, and uh, Pascal for this week, you're probably going to end up picking one of those other guys and not Pascal, right? In a PPR, yes. I think Pascal might have a slightly higher uh, uh, touchdown potential. So in a standard scoring league or scoring heavy league, you you could maybe flip a coin because I think Pascal is going to be better in the red zone and close. But that's as much a hunch, as much as what I've seen from the preseason as anything else. So I I think you're probably safer going for a guy like Chester. Chester Rogers had 11 catches after halftime on Sunday. So that's pretty impressive. That that is impressive. Um, well, so let's move on over to uh, Tyler Eifert, who unfortunately gruesome broken ankle. Uh, wow, uh, the guy getting no luck with injuries, for the back injuries in and out of the lineup. Finally gets healthy, starts producing catches as first scorer of the year, and boom, he goes down broken ankle. You got Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzma over there. So uh, last year Croft sc- uh, scored seven times. But this year, Uzma's actually caught a short touchdown catch. Uh, he's got seven uh, catches with Eifert in the lineup, and Croft's only got four. So uh, in your opinion, is this a coin flip, Chris, uh, coin flip, Chris or uh, do you think Croft's going to uh, take over, or is it timeshare? What do you think? Well, I, I think if you're going to pick a guy, you, you, it's got to be Croft. Uh, Uzuma got his touchdown in a two or a three tight end set. I forget which. So it was basically, you know, a, kind of a deception sort of play for his touchdown. So I think Croft uh-huh. is going to be the guy that slides into Eifert's normal position in running the routes. And based on what he did last year, I'd, I'd have to say he's more likely to go up there. Frankly, I don't like either one of them. Um, with the development of, of Tyler Boyd and the usefulness of uh, Gio Bernard, in the passing game, I'm not sure the tight end is going to really get a lot of action going forward, even though I think Dalton's got some very favorable passing matchups for the remainder of the year. So I don't really like either of them, but if you've got to take one, I'd go with Croft. Okay. Uh, let's get to the list of injuries here. Go real quickly. Of course, Leonard Fournette owners are uh, cursing themselves probably for drafting him because he went in and out of the game faster than you can blink an eye, and uh, he's got that hamstring. It looks like he's probably going to miss at least a, a game or two uh, because it uh, looks like it's no better or, or possibly no worse, but he missed a couple of games last time. So if you got T.J. Yeldon, you can uh, stick him in your lineup, especially during these bye weeks here. Joe Mixon with the knee, coming off the knee surgery. Uh, his, his status is uncertain. Uh, the doc on Twitter, Dr. David Chow, says uh, he will play this week. Uh, Marvin Lewis, the head coach, says we'll see. I think that's probably cue for, uh, yeah, we'll play, but we're not going to tell you yet. So we'll see if he can make it through the rest of the practices this week and see what he does. Devonta Freeman, uh, kind of in the same boat there. Uh, Quinn, the head coach for uh, for uh, the Falcons, uh, says that he hopes that Freeman can play. It's going to take a, probably a full uh, course of week of practice there, and hopefully Freeman can play. He has not played since week one. That's three weeks out, and this will be four weeks if he misses it again. Uh, Adrian Peterson with an ankle uh, uh, for Washington. He sat on Monday coming off that bye. Uh, he's expected to play. We'll see if he makes it through the rest of the, the, the week's practices here. Corey Clement was a surprise inactive for, with a quad injury for the Eagles this past Sunday. Um, no word yet on what his status is this week. We have to keep an eye on him. Chris Carson was a surprise inactive uh, with a hip injury. That being said, and it was Mike Davis took over, not Richard Penny. Uh, he's still in the doghouse, or he doesn't have the trust of the coaches yet. Anyway, uh, Pete Carroll said after the uh, game was over that he expected Chris Carson to play this week. We'll see if he practices through that. Marlon Mack. With that hamstring, Chris, any word on him? He was limited today in practice. Is he going to play Thursday? I, 
Honestly, I doubt it. Um, they, again, a lot of the verbiage that they were saying today sounds to me like they're going to be without all the guys that were limited or DNPs this week, uh, including Mack and including Doyle and, and, and including Hilton as well. I think they're going to all be out this week. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, he injured his hamstring on Monday night's game. His uh, status has not been updated since then, so it's obviously uncertain. Geronimo Allison make a big, uh, big impact for the Packers. There suffered a concussion late in the Packers game, so you'll be careful there. Uh, Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling is the rookie there with Cobb out, uh, and he said he wasn't close to playing. Uh, Scantling may actually start opposite uh, Devontae Adams this week for the Packers. That's a player to keep your eye on late in the week. You might want to grab him. Um, Josh Gordon with the hamstring. Uh, he was limited on Tuesday. He did play uh, for the Patriots this past week, so he should be able to play. We'll keep an eye on him. And, of course, with Gronkowski, his ankle injury forced him uh, to leave the game in uh, third uh, third quarter. And, of course, they didn't need to put him in in the fourth because they were way up on the, pay- on the, uh, the Dolphins anyway. Uh, they're saying it's not a big deal, so he should be able to play Thursday. We'll see. Um, Jack Doyle, of course, uh, with hip, doesn't look like he's going to play and we said Eric Ebron Eric Ebron he's kind of dinged up but uh, he's expected to play right Chris yeah he's going to play and he's going to get a crap ton of targets the question is can he do anything with him he's got a lot of targets the last two weeks and really hasn't been that effective aside from a couple of red zone catches that's right. O.J. Howard with a knee uh, down in Tampa Bay. Uh, expected to miss two to four weeks with a sprained MCL. They're on a bye this week. Evan Ingram uh, expected to miss one to three more weeks with a knee injury. Uh, same thing, uh, MCL sprain uh, for the Giants. And Adam Benichari with a groin injury. He practiced on Monday, sat today. Is he going to kick for, uh, for the Colts on Thursday? Absolutely. He's probably going to kick another 30 years. He'll be playing when, when all the guys that are, haven't even been born yet start to retire. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like they were just uh, being uh, cautious with him. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know he doesn't do much tomorrow and they just uh, take him off of the off the list and kick. So anyway, we'll be right, right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be making. Okay, we want to make sure everyone comes out and checks our site, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free uh, good stuff there, including a free NFL Quick Bits every, updated every day, a free in-season Eye in the Sky scouting reports, according, uh, including uh, reports on the Colts from uh, from Chris Ritos, uh, and, of course, our weekly fantasy newsletter, including daily premium injury Quick Bits, expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature, which I work on all Tuesday, an NFL game matchup by uh, analysis by John Cooney, and, of course, our rankings released on Wednesday, updated on Saturday. It's been discounted early season sale down from 35.95 to 19.95 people for 20 bucks the cost of a pizza with everything on it. So if you want to try us out, uh, just go to ffmastermind.com and click on that order button there and uh, go ahead and order. Anyway, uh follow please follow me on Twitter at @ffmastermind and of course let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick. These are guys you might want to consider putting on your starting lineup or benching because of the situations that they find themselves in. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris? 
Hey, if you need a bye week fill-in, you can start with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, uh, playing the Bengals and lost in the Bengals' offensive outburst is a really poor player of their pass defense. They've allowed the fifth most yards and at least two passing touchdowns in every game so far. Pretty sure Tannehill's going to have to throw to keep his team in the game on the road. No team has given up more pass attempts than Cincinnati through four games, so I'm pretty sure Tannehill's going to throw a lot. Another guy is Alex Smith. You know, you want to talk about uh, a good matchup. Nobody's allowed more fantasy points to quarterbacks so far besides uh, the Buccaneers, who are off this week, uh, except the Saints. And the Saints have been crushed in the air in all the odd-numbered weeks and didn't look real good in the even-numbered weeks either. So I think that extra bye week for Alex, or extra week with the bye week for Alex Smith to get in sync with his receivers and AD being a little hurting could make this, again, a high-volume passing game for Smith. Okay, a couple quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Big Ben, I like him to rebound this week because the Falcons don't have much of a defense. All their secondary are out injured and hurt. And, of course, they, they get in all these uh, big uh, high-scoring games. Not, not much defense. And uh, I know Big Ben is not connecting well with his guys, but uh, they will connect this week. Uh, multiple touchdowns against against uh, Atlanta. It should be a high-scoring game. Derek Carr against the Chargers. They've given up 10 TD passes through four games. That's, what, two and a half a week. Uh, so you get uh, Derek Carr into your lineup if you need him. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Eli Manning, uh, the Panthers have given up only four touchdown passes thus far in 2018. They've only played three games, but still barely more than a touchdown a game. And the way Eli, Man- Eli Manning is checking down, it's like Ben McAdoo 2.0. saw that on Twitter. Uh, it makes me sick because I'm a big Giants fan, of course. But you sit Eli this week. Uh, be careful about that. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland. Uh, the Ravens have yet to allow a second-half touchdown to anyone this season. I know Baker is a big improvement on Tyrod Taylor, but instead of losing – uh, <laughs> something like uh, you know twenty-five to three or whatever. Uh, you know it's going to be a lot closer, and they might actually win if they you know can pull off the running running game and and score touchdowns in the first half. But it's going to be a tough game for Baker. Uh, the Ravens are going to get them that get theirs. So I would be careful about Baker Mayfield. Uh, about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about this week, and why, Chris? A couple of guys you're probably starting. This is more of a caution play than a flick. I'll start with Drew Brees. Uh, the Redskins have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and under 200 yards per game. They limited Luck and Rodgers the last two weeks. They're also amongst the worst uh, in yards per carry allowed to running backs, so I suspect that Kamara and the returning Mark Ingram are going to get a heavy dose on the ground this week and reduce Breeze's volume. And then I know this sounds sacrilegious, but I'm kind of worried about Pat Mahomes this week. You can't sit him, but if you watch the game on Monday night, it showed me some typical rookie cracks in his game. He's been awesome, but he's not played a top defense yet, and the pass rough rush really bothered him a lot in the first half of that game. The Jag defense travels well. They've only allowed three passing touchdowns and the lowest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. This is a rock meeting a hard place this time. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like this week and why? Love T.J. Yeldon again this week. Chiefs have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs and the most receiving yards to running backs so far. Yeldon's going to get the start for the injured Fournette and is the best pass catcher there anyway. Look for his solid start to the season to continue. And then I really like Aaron Jones this week. Uh, The Lions have been gashed for over 175 rush yards in three of their four games, and they've been particularly susceptible to the long run. Enter the explosive Jones, who with another strong game coming back off his suspension should take over the lead role uh, in Green Bay. So I like Aaron Jones this week to have a big game. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Matt Breida, uh, San Francisco, didn't look that bad coming off that injury last week, and uh, the Cardinals can't stop the run. Uh, Mike Davis, uh, over 100 yards, two scores. 
So if you got Breida this week, he makes it through the practices fine, then start him. James Conner, Pittsburgh, we just talked about him kind of fading. Well, guess what? He plays the Falcons this week. Uh, they can't stop anyone, so it's going to be on the ground or through the air. He's going to catch a lot of passes and get a lot of touches, uh, probably score in this game, so don't worry about him this week. Uh, two guys I'm worried about this week, Kareem Hunt. It's a, it's a trend here. Yeah, you're worried about Mahomes. I'm worried about Hunt. Caution play. The Jaggers are going to limit Hunt. I think it's gonna, the yards are going to be very tough to come by. Maybe if he catches more uh, passes, uh, as he did this past week, three nice catches uh, and, and a score, uh, that he might still be uh, fantasy viable. You're going to start him. You know, just temper your expectations there. Dalvin Cook with that hamstring injury and the, and the Eagles run tough, uh, tough run defense. Um, that equals fantasy bench for me. If I've got other alternatives that are just as good or close to Cook, I'm going to sit him until he proves that he's completely healthy there. How about a couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, you mentioned Hunt being a guy you're going to play anyway. Another guy you're going to play no matter what is Saquon Barkley, but it's a caution play this week. The Panthers are playing at home coming off a bye week. They've allowed very little to opposing running backs despite playing a few good ones like Zeke uh, so far. Very tough run defense at home the last few years. And so far this year, they've allowed the second-fewest running back receptions and yards, only about four short catches a game, and this is a staple of Barkley's fantasy value. So temper your expectations. And the guy I'm really concerned about this week is Jay Ajayi. Uh, for all the points the Vikings have allowed so far, they've still yet to allow a rushing TD or a run over 15 yards and only 3.9 yards per carry. Ajayi has never been able to piece together consistency. So after a season high in carries and yards last week and nursing a back fracture, I got my concerns about him this week. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? A uh, sneaky play this week I think is Paul Richardson. Uh, the Saints have allowed the most targets, receptions, yards, and uh, touchdowns to wide receivers. This is the way to beat their defense. But if you look at who they've given it up to, I think it's going to be Richardson and not Dotson as the guy to take advantage of all this weakness because it's been the secondary receiver that has done all the huge damage against New Orleans. They played a lot of really top fantasy number ones, and it's been the number two on the NFL team that's torn them up. So watch for Paul Richardson to get action this week. And I like Emmanuel Sanders. The Jets have allowed the fifth most receptions, second most targets, and fourth most yards to receivers, and it's all been the slot receivers that have done almost all the damage. Think about Golden Tate and, and Jarvis Landry and Dede Westbrook last week. This is the slot where Sanders has thrived, and with Sutton on the outside, Keenum's numbers are also very good when targeting the slot in his career, so should be a great PPR option this week. Okay, uh, well, a couple of guys I like this week. I think Mike Williams is going to rebound uh, coming off a bad game this past week. Uh, only a couple of catches. I think he's going to rebound against the Oakland Raiders. And, of course, uh, Corey Davis, what's not to like there? I think he's finally emerged, fully emerged there. Nine catches, 161 yards, and a score last week in overtime. Uh, you got to you own him. you got to play him this week. A couple of guys to be careful about this week. Antonio Callaway, he's just not getting the job done. He's dropping passes. Uh, I think some mental lapses here. In fact, they were talking about um, possibly Hugh Jackson was going to scale back his uh, snaps or plays, targets in that game against the Ravens, so not against the Ravens at home this week. Uh, sit him until he produces. He's in that category now. And any chief wide receiver not named Tyreek Hill. <laughs> the Jags won't allow much. So, obviously, you're going to start Tyreek Hill. But uh, Sammy Watkins got a hamstring injury. Uh, Chris Connolly, really, you know, uh, uh, what was his name? Demarius Robinson, I think. Um, don't even think about those guys. They're not going to do anything this week. How about, how about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, a darling in the, as a sleeper in the drafts was Marquise Goodwin, but there's about a half dozen reasons to not like him this week. 
Um, you got Beathard in there uh, as the backup quarterback. He's a little bit gimpy. He's uh, got a Cardinals pass defense. They've yet to allow a touchdown to a receiver yet so far this year. And, oh, by the way, they get Patrick Peterson probably covering him if Goodwin plays. So, yeah, bench him all the way across the board in any size league. And then I'm a little concerned about Alshon Jeffrey this week. Uh, the Vikings were pretty good until last week against Goff and the Raiders on that short week. But traveling on a short week is tough. So with extra rest and preparation and an embarrassed Xavier Rhodes likely to see a lot of Alshon Jeffrey, he's a candidate for underachieving this week. Opposing teams tend to just look elsewhere, not even throw it at the guy Rhodes is covering. So pretty sure the Vikings have last year's NFC Championship route on their minds for a little payback against a struggling Eagles team. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? A couple of guys named Austin. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, he's faced four of the top seven teams in defending the tight end so far, and he's still getting a handful of targets a game. This week he faces the third most generous to fantasy tight ends, and you saw tight ends get deep down the seam each of the last three weeks on KC. This should be his best game of the year. Then Austin Hooper, I mean, what's not to like any receiver facing the Steelers, but the Steelers in particular against the tight end are the league's most generous for fantasy points so far. They've allowed the most catches and targets to the position. With their weak secondary, I'm sure they're going to focus on Julio Jones and the red-hot rookie Ridley, so Ryan should find Hooper. He's got double-digit scoring five of his last seven against AFC opponents, too, in PPR system. Yep, and I'm and I'm going to be starting Hooper this week in my big money league, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, Arizona. 49ers have allowed a tight end to score every single week in 2018. I know it's Josh Rosen and all, but he showed a little bit of promise there, and Ricky Seals is getting key looks. I think he's going to score this week. And George Kittle, San Francisco. The Cardinals can be beaten by the tight end. Uh, Kittle has uh, had a really nice game with Beathard. He's comfortable catching balls from him, so I start him this week if I own him. Um, a couple of uh, caution plays. Again, we talked about Hunt Mahomes. Uh, every, you know, you've got to add Tra- Travis Kelsey in here. The, t- the Jaguars do play the tight end very tough. This is going to be a big true test for Mahomes and the, and the, and the vaunted Chiefs offense. Uh, you know, you're going to start Kelsey, but I don't think he's going to do that much in this game. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets a score, though. And, of course, the combination of Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzuma uh, for Cincinnati. The Dolphins have yet to allow a tight end to score. Uh, we don't know who's going to get most of the looks. It's probably going to be named Boyd and Green. Those are the guys who are going to get the looks. So I would not. Uh, I would take this uh, opportunity to see who gets the most targets from these two to see who is more valuable moving forward. Give me a couple of tight ends you li- you don't care for this week, Chris, and why? I mentioned Eric Ebron earlier. Um, his value comes from the mismatches athletically of linebackers, but with all the wide receivers and running backs out this week for the Colts, I suspect that Ebron's going to get covered by a corner this week, so he won't have those mismatches. Patriots are also the best at limiting tight end fantasy production so far, although to be fair, they haven't really played a real tight end yet. So he might get targets, but like I said, he probably won't do much with them. And then I don't like really Ben Watson this week. The Redskins have allowed the most targets per game to tight ends, but opposing tight ends have rarely done anything with all those targets as they have a bottom 10 fantasy points allowed and the third fewest receptions. So I expect maybe a lot of activity for Watson, but he'll probably have sketchy production. Okay, it's time to hit the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. These are guys you might not normally think of to start, but they have good options, and Chris is going to tell you why, so hit us with them. Well, Graham Gano of Carolina is surprisingly only about 25% owned in most leagues. The Giants are very generous to opposing kickers. They've allowed multiple field goals each game so far and 11 points per game, so uh, Carolina kicker should be a good option here. And then I like Brett Maher of Dallas. Uh, Houston's allowed nine-plus points per game to fantasy kickers every week so far this year, so why should this be any different? A couple of defenses I like. You know, when in doubt, you look for the 
two teams that are playing the two most the weakest offenses. Now I'll start with Tennessee at Buffalo. They are the most generous for opposing defenses so far. And Tennessee has double-digit scoring for fantasy defenses in road games so far this year. And then I like the 49ers hosting uh, Arizona. Arizona is the second most generous for fantasy, and they have an aggressive rookie quarterback with mobility issues. So that, that's really, that bodes well for a fantasy defense. Okay. Uh, before we say goodbye, I want to thank everyone for listening to us on iTunes. Since we have uh, straightened out the issues that we had, we re-debuted a little more than a week ago, and we've had more than 15,000 listens from, uh, from iTunes across the board on different uh, media. We very much thank you. Thank, thank you for that. Now, the big thing is we need to want to get listed when people are on iTunes and they do a search on podcasts for fantasy football. They list the top 100 there, and because we just debuted, we don't have enough reviews. In fact, we've only got a couple of reviews, I believe. So if everyone could just take a little bit of their time and go ahead and download iTunes on their desktop and then uh, open it up, Go to our podcast, and there will be a place there for you to leave a review. If you leave, uh, you know, hopefully we've earned a five-star review from you. Then uh, the more reviews we get, once we get 10, 15, 20, 30 reviews or whatnot, then they will rank us, and we will get more exposure. Uh, because uh, we love doing this thing, these things for you people, but, uh, you know, taking the time out of our, our, our busy, busy schedule to do this. We don't get paid to do this. We're doing this at a labor of love. So we want more exposure, and, uh, for, of course, you know, get more people to come to the site. So anyway, thank you once again for listening and joining us tonight. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Michael Mazurek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week six of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Mazurek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.